I would really go to great lengths to hide my stutter and to pass as fluent. I did do speech therapy, which was very traumatic as well. Um, but I kind of trained myself to be fluent um, my whole life, and it's been very exhausting. And now that I have the podcast, I'm really trying to untrain myself to just speak freely and not hold back as much of it as I've done my whole life. I'm Juita Gupta, and this is The Pulse. Did I just stutter or what? Throw away remarks like this one allude to negative stereotypes about stuttering. There is an entrenched perception that people who stutter are unintelligent and unable to communicate. Media portrayals depict stuttering as embarrassing and as something to overcome. Traditionally, the solution has been to diagnose stuttering and make it disappear through intensive speech therapy. For people who stutter, this often means a lifetime of self-consciousness and fear of communicating. Ordering at a restaurant or starting a conversation with a stranger become potential minefields. But people who stutter are changing the conversation by creating safe spaces to embrace stuttering as part of linguistic diversity. Today, we discuss being a proud stutterer. It's time to put your finger on the pulse. Hello and welcome to The Pulse on AMI-audio. I'm Joyita Gupta and I'm coming to you today from the studios of Accessible Media Inc. in Toronto. You should see a background behind me with some lettering on it. And today I am wearing my hair in a bun as always and I'm in a red sweater. My guest today is Maya Chupkov, who is the creator of the podcast Proud Stutter. As a woman who stutters, Maya is a stuttering advocate working to change social norms about stuttering. She joins us from San Francisco. Hi, Maya. Welcome to the program. It's great to have you with us. Hello. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. I can't help but notice that it was something of an odd choice to go with the format of a podcast, especially when one is a stutterer. It isn't intuitive. Why did you decide to go with a podcast? I have wanted to do audio since I was very little, um, but more of um, broadcast journalism, uh, so visual and audio. And yeah, I just always was so, I wanted to get on the, the mic. That was just my urge ever since I was little, but my stuttering always held me back and made me think that I could never do it. And as I started listening to podcasts and learning about the industry, I realized that it's actually pretty easy to start a podcast, or at least I thought it was <laughs> until I started it. Um, and there's just something so cool about doing an audio only medium with a stutter because it just, it really just turns the whole medium on its head and really takes a stance that 
even if you don't have that smooth radio voice that a lot of people think you need to be on audio, I wanted to disrupt that so, so hard and be like, no, you can get on the mic too, even if you stutter. Well, you sound great. I want to ask you though, were you always a proud stutterer or did it take time to grow into that identity? I always thought my stutter was ugly. Um, a lot of that comes from what you had mentioned earlier, the things I would see on a TV and film. Every time I saw a stuttering character on screen, it was the butt of a joke. It was treated as something negative. Um, and so that really was traumatizing for me. Um, as I started to do the podcast, I just started slowly, slowly reliving all these horrible memories that I've just kept really deep down. Um, and so it's, it's been a very healing journey and yeah, I, so I, I would really go to great lengths to hide my stutter and to pass as fluent. I did do speech therapy, which was very traumatic as well. Um, but I kind of trained myself to be fluent um, my whole life, and it's been very exhausting. And now that I have the podcast, I'm really trying to untrain myself to just speak freely and not hold back as much of it as I've done my whole life. I was listening to the episode, just the latest one, where uh, you have a bus driver in San Francisco with a stutter. And he said, you know, after listening to your podcast, either I started to stutter more because I wasn't as uh, self-conscious about it and trying to hold back on the stutter or just noticing it more. And I thought that was such a powerful thing to hear that people were starting to be comfortable in their own skin. You talk about healing. Is that notion of healing or having a safe space where stuttering is normalized, an opinion that's also shared by the guests who appear on, on your podcast? Do they feel better when they talk about it? Oh, yeah. Like every time we do a podcast together, a lot of the times it's the first time the guest is speaking about their stutter or it's the first time they're speaking openly. And I've heard feedback from people that it's been the most freeing experience for themselves. And that is the whole point of Proud Stutter. It's just to create a platform for people to finally be able to share their voice. Um, and so it's, yeah, it's, it's healing for me, but it's also very healing for my guests. And I think another thing that is healing about me is I've always hated my voice. I've always hated the sound of my voice. And now that I'm starting to edit my own podcast and listening to my voice like all day long, now I am so comfortable with my voice and it's really transformed me. And now I'm just so much more just yeah, I'm just able to not have that weight of being afraid of my voice anymore, which is incredible. Yes, and what an interesting observation. I mean, I really struggle to listen to myself as well. When they would play back tape, I would sort of flinch as saying, is that really what I sound like to everybody? <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's good to know that you know, it, it's one of those things where it takes a bit of getting used to for everybody to get used to the sound of their own voice. Tell me a little bit about some of the guests you've had on the show. You've had such a diversity of voices on the program. Who are some of the guests that have been the most memorable and how do you go about finding these great people to talk to? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I love my guests so much. And, um, 
So actually, we just released an episode. Um, it's Friday, October 7th today, and we just released an episode. And it's such a special episode because I, it's with two of my f- friends, one of which I met who stutters. She's a filmmaker, so talented. And she uses her experience growing up as a woman who stutters, someone that's biracial, someone um, you know, that that's grown up in the, the Bay Area, and she uses all of those experiences in her storytelling. T- so it's a, I, I love that episode. And I am joined by um, a one of my f- friends who's a newspaper columnist here. He's a storyteller. And his name's Stuart Shuffman, and he's it's just such a great episode. And it's so fun to be able to invite friends on because um, it's just I, I learn something new about them every time. And another person that I just am so in awe of is Jerome Ellis, who's a musician. He's a poet. He has an album out called The Clearing, and he is... And that album is all about his journey with stuttering and he weaves in philosophy and black history. It's just such a work of art. So yeah, those are just a few examples. We have a ton more. We have teachers, we have, um, we have journalists, um, we have tech workers. It's just such a diverse cast of people and how I find them, it there isn't really a structure. I just get this kind of, it's like an intu- intuition of like, oh my God, like I love this person's energy and I think they'd be, fits great. And my goal really with the show is to tell diverse stories. And so I want to invite people from different backgrounds, different race, different socioeconomic b- backgrounds. I want to really just make the show as nuanced as possible and also people with different forms of stuttering. So there's people that can hide it well like me and then there's people that you know are more overt and it's more consistent. So I just try to sh- um, follow my intuition and keep the show as diverse as possible. But bearing in mind that there isn't a lot of dialogue about stuttering and we still see these very limited media portrayals of stuttering. What does the inclusion of a diverse set of guests do to the overall conversation that you're trying to have to change some of those social norms about stuttering in that by saying not everyone who stutters is the same, how are you deepening the conversation and creating more nuance? Yeah, that's such a good point because I've asked a lot of people who don't stutter this and they're like, and I ask them, when you hear the word stutter, what do you think of? And a lot of the times they say, you know, the Billy Madison movie, the King's speech, like all these things. And I'm just like, okay. Um, yeah. So we need, we have a lot of work to do. (laughs) Um, and really the podcast is about deepening the understanding of stuttering, Stuttering can sound like me. And the mo- one of the most annoying responses I get when I tell someone I stutter is, oh, I don't, you've overcome it, right? I don't hear it. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Um, I'm hiding it very well. 
And sometimes I just have fluent days and sometimes I don't. And that is a very common experience among people who stutter is you might not hear it, but it's what underneath that is really where all of it lies. The shame, the analyzing everything before you say something. And so that is what Proud Stutter is all about. It's about having these nuanced conversations. So when people interact with people who stutter, they have just a deeper sense of knowing. And um, yeah, it's really what you said at the beginning of the show is creating safer spaces for people to stutter everywhere. You mentioned the King's speech, and I was waiting for an opportunity to mention the King's speech because apart from George V, who does overcome his stutter, or is it George VI? Uh, never mind. Uh, apart from the character who's stuttering, the other character that looms large is the speech therapist, uh, who is so integral to the story of this individual overcoming their stutter and trying to salvage their public reputation. What is the role of a speech therapist? You mentioned earlier about having undergone speech therapy and finding that experience traumatic. Is it a universally traumatic experience or is there a way to incorporate speech therapists in a way that they can be allies to the stuttering community? Such an important question. I'm so glad you asked it. I think speech therapists are so key to the stuttering community because oftentimes they are the first point of contact for people who want help around stuttering or, you know, to navigate it. And so I think it's so important for speech therapists to be part of the stuttering community and they totally are. Um, my experience uh, I, I have heard a few stories about having a similar experience as mine where the speech therapist only focused on fluency shaping and hiding the stutter. And so that, and I took speech therapy 20 years ago. So it's definitely come a long way. I, since starting the podcast, I've met so many wonderful speech therapists, many of whom stutter themselves. And it's just really um, turned my thinking around speech therapy and wishing that I had these speech therapists when I was um, seeking out help. And um, I actually interviewed one speech therapist who stutters as a guest, and he is just so, his approach to speech therapy is so powerful because it's all about confidence building and goal setting, and it's all about the individual. Like, what do they want out of speech therapy? Do they want to practice tools? Do they want to practice, like, how to feel more comfortable with the stutter? Like, there's just so many ways to approach speech therapy. And so I really think that it is evolving in the right direction. Um, when I was researching this interview, Google was very quick to prompt me and say, actually, it's not called stuttering anymore. If you check the DSM-5, it's called childhood onset fluency disorder, I think is the term. How important is stuttering, not as a diagnostic label, but as a political identity? Personally, I 
I really think it's important to, for me to own the stuttering, um, identity. Um, I think the other term that you just used, it just seems too clinical and medical and like diagnosing some, I, I don't know. I just, I don't really like that. I get it that the medical community does have these terms for certain things. Um, but I think it's really important for me to just own stuttering because people are more familiar with it. And the more we claim stuttering, the more we can help people come out of the shadows and come to terms with stuttering. Because I think calling it um, what you had just mentioned is um, it might be harder for people to identify with that. Um, and one example I'll share is we just had a in-person event in San Francisco where there was three panelists who stutter, including D Dustin, who's the, the, the bus driver. And each panelist was such a diverse, like they had such a different approach to like their stutter and it was wonderful. And um, someone in the audience came and he said it was the first time he'd ever been he's ever met someone who stuttered and he started crying and it was just like that is the power of like of claiming stuttering and forming a community is like you get people to come out and to really come to terms with it and you know not everyone's ready to, to do that but this person was and it was just the most powerful thing to witness just following on from that apart from the healing and the forming of communities and the self confidence with which comes from embracing the label or embracing the identity as a stutterer and being a proud stutterer are there things that can be done beyond that uh, are we can we look to the realm of public policy or changing rules and regulations to try and make stuttering more widely accepted. Yes. And I think that's so important to not only do storytelling, but also pairing that with action. And so while Proud Stutter is first and foremost, like it's a podcast that is like the heart of Proud Stutter, I come from an advocacy and policy background. So it's kind of in my blood. So I'm like, I have to do something beyond storytelling. And so um, I decided to experiment with claiming stuttering, ha having it be in law in, in San Francisco to start. And so um, what I did was I worked with one of the super, su supervisors here in San Francisco and I worked with him on a local resolution recognizing the stuttering community in claiming um, the second week of May as National Stuttering Awareness Week. And so that was so powerful because it's in law and it prompted a rally ahead of the vote where people from the starting community came and were able to share their story on a public stage in front of a city hall. So, and then that led to media coverage 
which just that like those three different elements really is where you can see narratives start to shift. Um, and that whole thing actually led to Dustin, the bus driver, reach out to me and say, oh, I heard you on the, the radio. This is amazing. And then he was on my show. So it's all connected. And I think there's so much opportunity to go even above and beyond the local resolution and start making changes in like our education system and um, and like one other policy, a change is requiring more insurance plans to integrate speech therapy in their insurance. So if a person does want to seek speech therapy, it's covered by their insurance. So there's so many ways to make stuttering more um, yeah, j just more accessible and to really improve the lives of people who stutter. And so I'm excited to get into that work as well. October 22nd, if I'm not mistaken, is Stuttering Awareness Day. Do you have anything planned for that day at all? So for the actual day, I don't have anything planned because it's usually jam-packed with everything like every hour there's something and so what I wanted to do instead was um, do a lot of events leading up to stuttering um, international stuttering awareness day so it would kind of get people excited um, and so I'm actually partnering with a designer a graphic artist um, his d design business is called um, facetronomy and what he does is he designs like face illustrations of people they're really cool and so i'm partnering with, with him on an october campaign called stutter tober and every uh, every tuesday and thursday of october we're sharing out a his artwork attached to a story about that person who stutters and there's going to be raffle prizes auctioning off um artwork around stuttering and I'm also re releasing a pre-release bonus episode of the show. So I'm really using that as a way to connect to like the biggest day in stuttering. Do you want to leave us with your social media handle and your website and tell us where we can find your amazing podcast? Yes. So you can find me at proudstutter.com. All my social media handles are on there. I'm at Proud Stutter on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and we also have a YouTube channel. And yeah, that's where you can find me. Maya, it's been such a pleasure speaking to you about this. We don't get to talk about stuttering enough on this program. I actually had one other guest in the almost 600, well, 600 plus episodes of the podcast talking to me about the King's speech and the portrayal of stuttering. So you're the second one in about 600 episodes. So thank you so much for speaking to me today. Thank you so much for giving me this platform and for honoring the stuttering community in this way. I'm so excited. You guys are amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Maya Chupkov is the 
creator of the Proud Stutter podcast, which you can find on all your favorite podcast platforms. You can also find this show on all your favorite podcast platforms. And of course, if you find us on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe. And if you are on YouTube, you can always leave us a comment with your thoughts and reflections. We welcome any feedback you may have. You can write to us, email feedback at ami.ca. You can give us a call at 1-866-509-4545 and leave a voicemail. I'll repeat the number. It's 1-866-509-4545 and leave uh, permission for us to play the audio on the program. If you are a social media maven, as they say, you can always find us on Twitter at AMI Audio and use the hashtag PulseAMI. So lots of ways for you to get in touch with us and be a part of the conversation. But that's all the time we have for today. Our videographer has been Matthew McGurk. Our technical producer is Marka Flalo. And Andy Frank is the manager for AMI Audio. On behalf of the team, I've been your host, Juita Gupta. Thanks for listening.